This latest initiative called Power to the People of Porti started back in the autumn. An online survey was sent out to test local opinion. The organisers acknowledge it wasn't very well promoted, though enough people did respond for them to set up this meeting here in Belfield. One of the people behind the survey was Gillian Wilson. Really to gauge whether there was enough interest in Portobello in doing something on decarbonising our energy in the, in the area. So we just wanted to find out what people were interested in and whether there was enough interest. And the answer is there are actually quite a lot of interest. Yeah, so we had 135 responses, which we were pleased with. We probably could have got more if we'd advertised it even better. You know, a good range of interest in things on heat, transport, wind, areas around insulation, and a lot of people really interested in trying to do something about climate change. You say we. Who actually organised the survey? Three res- well, four residents in Portobello, so Eva and Justin, Brenda and myself. You know, we all either have an interest in it through work or through personal contacts with it all. And as you know, Eva and Justin were very involved in the Pedal Wind initiative earlier on. So, you know, it's a lot of history of doing stuff on on this in Portobello. And of course, Justin was very heavily involved in, in Belfield, where we're standing at the moment. Yes, indeed. So, how hopeful are you that actually something more is going to happen? There certainly feels that there's a lot of interest and that people would like to do stuff on this so I feel there's at least the possibility of looking into what some of the options might be and that there will be people behind us to do that and maybe join us in in working on it so it feels hopeful from today it felt quite a good buzz and lots of energy. Between 30 and 40 people turned up to the meeting which took place last Sunday. They almost filled the small hall at Belfield. The aim was to look at various options for transport for example with the use of electric vehicles or EVs. Small groups were set up to discuss this, as well as wind and solar power and better insulation of property. Brownie Peace, a specialist technical officer from Home Energy Scotland, gave a presentation. I asked her about the help and advice they could give. A lot of our service, our support, is delivered over the phone. So we can often have a good chat with people, go through the circumstances, the details of the home, uh, and that might be all that they need. For some people who have some sort of more in-depth requirements, maybe a vulnerability so the phone doesn't suit, or they want to look at uh, the suitability of a heat pump, then, yeah, we'll do a home visit and and help that way. But you've also got access to providing various sources of funds, or at least advice on that. That's right, yeah. So that's the other, the main part of our service is that we'll help people access government funding. So we have the grant fund through Warmer Home Scotland and we have various interest-free loans. So the Home Energy Scotland interest-free loan for insulation, renewable technologies, upgrades to heating systems. And we also have funding for small businesses through Resource Efficient Scotland, loan funding for electric vehicles. It's quite widespread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we try to make it quite broad. So what's the take-up? For the technical team, I can speak for us, we do over 500 visits each year in the southeast of Scotland and the network covers the whole of Scotland, so there's there's five different centres. It quickly became apparent that solar was not yet an option for most of Portobello, it being a conservation area, though that may yet change. In any case, the Edinburgh Community Solar Cooperative has already put solar panels on top of tumbles, for example, and many other council-owned properties. And the organisation is really taking the lead here. But even when we do get solar or wind energy installed, 
What do you do when the sun doesn't shine or the wind doesn't blow? Local resident Brenda Parks works with a company called Store Terra. It's been working on a new kind of flow battery. These are a relatively new kind of battery which use large tanks of liquids known as electrolytes and are capable of storing enough electricity to power thousands of homes for hours. Millions of pounds are spent every year on paying wind farm owners to turn off the turbines. It's such a waste because they're there to generate green energy, but the grid can't handle it. That's the problem. So all wind farms really should have large-scale batteries there to overcome that problem. And that's something that I think you know quite a lot about because there's been uh, a growing interest in large-scale batteries. <laughs> yeah, so we're developing a, a novel kind of flow battery which is suitable for large-scale. It'll be a containerized large-scale battery system. It's quite unique in that it's a single liquid flow battery. Most flow batteries have two liquids, two tanks, two pumps, two everything for the two liquids. Ours is a single liquid, very energy dense lithium sulfur flow battery. So energy density means you get a lot more energy and power per square meter. So you don't need these huge space to install a decent sized battery. Also, it'll be very low cost because of the, the innovations, the, the liquid, it's lithium and sulfur. Sulfur is a very cheap, abundant material. And I think you're contemplating using the lithium that is actually almost being discarded as waste. Absolutely. So EV batteries and other batteries are creating what is referred to as a battery mountain of waste. So for our flow battery, we need very low-grade lithium. So we can recover lithium from used batteries and make it suitable for our flow battery. So create a circular economy that way. Could this work in a community like Portobello then? Absolutely, yeah. If they have space and some renewable energy that they want to store, maybe for a bunch of houses together, there could be one, one large flow battery to do that. Or if they had a wind turbine or solar panels, anything like that, it could absolutely work for the community, yeah. At the end of the meeting, it was clear there was a lot of interest in developing ideas for making Portobello as carbon neutral as possible and taking them forward to the next stage, as I heard from Eva Schoenfeld, who chaired the session. Absolutely, yeah, and somebody I spoke to just at the end was talking about the idea that started to come forward of a, of a whole community plan that wouldn't just be about energy or transport but would be about our carbon impact and our journey towards zero carbon as a, as a whole community, which is really exciting. There are also suggestions being put forward about the idea of creating almost like an energy cooperative. Well, there were a few ideas like that, which, you know, we're talking about doing something as a local community, which also exists citywide. And I think there's probably conversations to have about how much mileage there is in each of those. There are definitely pros to something being really, really locally owned and also to joining in with something like the solar co-op, which is citywide, where a lot of the work is done for us already, but there's not so much sense of local ownership. And I think we need to find out where the kind of real points of most energy going forward are, because as was observed, was, you know, we've had energy projects in the past, which actually did have an awful lot of local support, but over time, it can kind of wind down. And it's been a while since anybody's wanted, you know, mooted the idea of doing a, a, an energy project in Portobello. One of the interesting statistics that came up is that the comparative costs between what was planned 10 years ago and what is possible now, the cost has come way down. Yeah, and the technology has gone way up as well. I mean, I think turbines are much more generate energy much more easily than they did, and solar panel technology has come on leaps and bounds as well. So I think it does present new possibilities for community groups. So where do we go from here? I think we have Christmas. <laughs> Personally, my enthusiasm is right now, after this meeting, with, uh, with a local plan. 
there was an awful lot about sharing and so the time bank and the tool library felt like people we should be approaching and talking about what models they've been using whether we can they could incorporate a kind of wider range of sharing in what they do or maybe we could use their model for, for something like sharing, car sharing. And I think whatever method we use, it's really important that we find ways to reach out into communities or parts of the community that maybe don't see this as their first interest, while also acknowledging that there's always going to be some people who have more energy for this sort of thing than others and, and you know, not to hold people back from things that they're, they're keen on doing. We'll be keeping a close eye on developments as they progress through next year. They have the potential to be really quite exciting.